All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 6, please. Proverbs chapter 6. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 9 through 11 tonight. We'll finish up Solomon's words on financial wisdom. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how many comments uh, I got um, after the service last Wednesday night, how people were interested and appreciative for the wisdom in the Proverbs on finances. And God willing, we're going to finish up again uh, that topic for the time being at least here in chapter 6. And Solomon's going to remark on another topic, Lord willing, next Wednesday. Last week, Solomon told the sluggard, that lazy person with no ambition, to go learn a lesson about personal responsibility from the ant. Remember, go to the ant, thou sluggard. And that little creature that God has given us is a pattern for us to go by when it comes to our personal finances. And tonight Solomon addresses the sluggard again, asking him in verse 9, How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? Boy, I tell you what, I, I just know that this weekend, one of y'all are going to be sleeping in bed, and your spouse is going to say, How long are you going to sleep, O sluggard? But that's not what he's talking about. But how long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? Through Solomon, the Lord is giving us such wonderful insight into the wise design of God for our lives here. It may not look like it, but He is. Solomon asked the sluggard, he's asking the person with low ambition, how long will you sleep? How long will you sleep? So now Solomon is opening up a whole new concept concerning our work ethic, namely the concept of sleep, the concept of rest. Now, you cannot have a good work ethic without having a good rest. And this is very important here. I've heard people glamorize the idea of getting up really early so we can be more productive during the day. And there's nothing wrong with getting up early and getting ready uh, to go to work early in the morning at the crack of dawn when the chickens are, are cackling, the roosters are crowing. But it's important for us to understand that resting is just as important as working. Psalm 127 verse 2, if you're taking notes. Psalm 127 verse 2. And by the way, I just want to personally thank Brother Rick Lasky. Even though he is trying to deal with uh, the loss of a loved one in Indiana. Every time he goes out of town, he's still taking care of the slides uh, for, for the scriptures to go up for our online viewers. Uh, and still faithfully working. I just want to, want to shout out to him and, and thank him for that. But Psalm 127 verse 2 says, It is vain... For you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. And so God is saying, 
it's it's vain. It's it's a it, it's a, a waste of your effort for you to to get up early in the morning, to work till it gets late, and to eat the bread of sorrows. What's the bread of sorrows? Well, that's where uh, you know when you when you sit down for a meal. And I tell you what, tonight it was so nice. I got home from work. And Tammy always has some nice food on the stove for me whenever I come in. And if not, it's, it's almost done. But she's so good to be able to greet me with a smile and a nice meal when I get home. And uh, so I, I get the food and we sit out in our uh, porch and uh, our little sunroom. And we watch the sunset and how beautiful it was. And we're just sitting there enjoying each other's company and eating our food and relaxing. And you know, you know why we could do that? Because by God's grace, He's enabled me to get up, to go to work, to preach here, to go to Tyler, do whatever I need to do to put the food on the table. And then we sit down and we enjoy it. We're not sitting down stressed out about it. God doesn't want you to eat the bread of sorrow. He wants you to enjoy what you've worked for. And some people are too busy. They're so busy working, they can't enjoy what they're working for. They're so busy working, trying to get extra ahead, trying to get more, trying to work extra hard, that they can't even enjoy the life they're living. And the people they're supposedly providing for and God says it's vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows for so he giveth his beloved sleep sleep he giveth his beloved sleep sleep is a gift from God how about that there is nothing wrong with sleeping hey if it's the weekend you've been working all week there is nothing wrong with you sleeping in till 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. You won't do that. You just sleep in all you want to. And you get plenty of sleep. Sleep, sleep until your body naturally wakes up. Without having to be forced up by an alarm. And give your body a chance to recuperate. For the sleep that you've lost. There's nothing wrong with getting the rest you need. It's vain for you to get up early and to stay up late. Pushing yourself and aging your body prematurely. Because God gives the people He loves sleep. Some people are lazy. While other people are workaholics. And the scriptures here, uh, not explicitly but tacitly, are letting us know that neither the sluggard nor the workaholic is a good thing. Both are wrong. We shouldn't waste the time God has given us, but we shouldn't burn our candle at both ends either. How many of y'all ever burned your candle at both ends? How many of y'all enjoyed burning your candle at both ends? Oh, no, you enjoyed it? Oh, workaholic. We're going to give you the, uh, what is it? W.A., Workaholics Anonymous, I don't know what you'd call that, but uh, I enjoy working hard. I enjoy working. I enjoy being productive. But 
I don't enjoy being eating the bread of sorrows. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want to eat the bread of sorrows. I, I, I tell you, I used to burn the candle at both ends. For a while, when I was having to drive back and forth to Dallas every day and pastor a church too, I was so physically exhausted. And, uh, and it's not good for you. A candle only has so much wax. Candle only has so much wax to burn. And a person only has so much person to burn. You know? And that's true. If you pace yourself, your candle may not burn brighter. But I promise you, it will burn a whole lot longer. God worked a full day. I'm sorry. God worked a, 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 a full six days. Uh, and then on the seventh day, he took a full day off to rest. That's how the scriptures put it. And he took that full day of rest. And he, it was so important to him. He worked it into the Ten Commandments. And I know there's a theological part to that. But I believe there's also a physical part to that too. Where God is saying, yes, work. Get your work done. But get your rest too. God gives His beloved sleep. This is God letting us know that resting our bodies is His way of preserving our bodies so we can enjoy them and use them better and longer for His service. Take care of your body. So never feel guilty about sleeping. If you're tired, then get you some rest. So you can wake up feeling refreshed and don't feel guilty about utilizing something that God has given you. Solomon didn't ask the sluggard, why do you sleep? That's where the doctrine comes in here. He asked the sluggard, how long will you sleep? You see the difference? A person is not a sluggard because they're sleeping. They're a sluggard because they're sleeping when they should be working. You see how that works? A person's not a sluggard because they're sleeping. They're a sluggard because they're sleeping when they should be working. There is a time to work and there is a time to rest. If you're working when you should be resting, then you are wrong. And if you're uh, resting when you should be working, then you're also wrong. God did not give us sleep for recreation he gave us sleep for restoration. And we'll repeat that again. And this helps put everything in perspective. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? And the idea was he was sleeping longer than he should have been. He wasn't wrong for sleeping. He was wrong for sleeping when he should have been working. Once again, God did not give us sleep for recreation. He gave us sleep for restoration. It's not to be something we do to pass the time. It's something that we should do to restore our bodies so we can go back to work again. God gave us 24 hours in a day. And the average person only requires about 8 hours of sleep. How many of y'all do 8 hours? Is that what your body likes? 9? 10? You like 10 hours? Ooh. How many like 7 Six? Anyone under six? 
Under six? That's what she, that's what she likes? No. Oh, no, no. What, what your body likes. Yeah, everyone's different. But, but rest, get, your, get the restoration your body needs. And when you get it, get to work. Get busy. Don't waste your time. But don't feel guilty about getting it. Again, uh, the average person only requires about eight hours sleep. And that means there's three times the number of productive hours compared to sleeping hours. That God has naturally worked into our sleep cycle. God gave us seven days in a week and only one day of rest. So you can see that the most, the majority of the time, God wants us to be working. And the small part of the time, God wants us to be resting. Okay? So get your small part of your rest during the day and let the, the majority of your day be productive. Get your small amount of greater rest during the week and let the rest of your week be productive. God, in His created design, He designed it in, uh, this way and we can deduct that God didn't give us work so we can rest. He gave us rest so we can work. You see? If he gave us six days to work and one day to rest, if he gave us uh, uh, um, uh, 24 hours in, in the day and, and only eight hours our body demands that sleep, then he didn't give us work so we can rest. He gave us rest so we can work. So if you rest and you don't work, you're a sluggard. Solomon asked the sluggard, when wilt thou, look if you'll look back in your text, when wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? When? He's saying, hey fella, when are you going to get out of bed? Hey Esther, how long are you going to be sleeping in that bed? That's what he's saying. You have misunderstood the purpose of your bed. God gave it to you so you could be productive after we've had a good night's sleep. We don't need to lay around in bed. And if you do that, you're going to lose a good portion of your day before you know it. You'll lounge around in bed, kick back, you'll be on the phone scrolling like that with your, with your wonderful finger. I tell you what, we're going to wear out our, our, our uh, 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 rotator cuffs just doing like that all these hours in our life. And next thing you know, you're going to get up and eat breakfast in your whole morning's about gone. If you do that, you're going to lose a great portion of your day. Here's a kingdom truth for you. Once the bed has done its job, then we need to get up and do our job. Once the bed has done its job, then we need to get up and do our job. Solomon said in verse 10, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber... A little sleep, a little slumber. And Solomon here is addressing the problem of incremental decline. A little sleep, a little slumber. If you have a checking account, Esther, you're the tabulator. You ought to be good with math. If you have a checking account with $1,000 in it, and you put in $200 a month in that checking account. $200 a month. But you spend $225 a month. 
then you're going to be losing $25 a month out of that checking account, aren't you? $25 isn't much. you got 1000 in there. you got uh, uh, $200 going in each month. But you're spending $225 a month. Then your checking account will have a slow leak in it. You're going to lose $25 a week. And it would take you 40 weeks, the better part of a year, before you realized you were broke. The point being, if you lay in bed a little longer than you should, then you will lose a little each day. And over time, a little sleep, a little slumber... Over time, that little bit of time that you waste will accumulate into a lot of time that you've wasted and a lot of things you could have gotten done that you didn't get done. A little sleep, a little slumber, he says. A little sleep, a little slumber, and over time, your little sleep will become a great loss. That's a kingdom truth too. A little sleep and a little slumber. And over time, your little sleep will become a great loss. Solomon says, a little sleep, a little slumber. Look back in your text. A little folding of the hands to sleep. Underscore, if you would, folding of the hands. Now, we know, we can all imagine what that's like, right? Someone sitting in their easy chair and they're reclined back. And what do they do with their hands? They fold them like this. That's, that's, that's what he's talking about. A little folding of the hands to sleep. They're folding their hands a little. A little folding of the hands to sleep. Nothing wrong with folding your hands to sleep. But he says a little folding of the hands to sleep. Meaning for that little time, their hands are not gainfully employed in some type of activity. They're folded and they're idle for that little bit of time. Whoever adds little upon little shall have much. You put $25 in the savings account each month, it's only $25. But the next month it's $50, then it's $75, then it's $100. If you add a little upon little, you'll have much. In the same token though, whoever folds their hands little by little shall lose much. Solomon said, if you fold them a little longer than you should, if you lay in bed a little later than you should, verse 11, so shall thy poverty come. Just like the checking account I was telling you about, the savings account. A little $25 at a time, and after a while, your account is gone. Your poverty will come. Little debits from your account will in time drain it dry. Little debits in your time will drain your goals dry. If you have goals set, it'll drain them dry. Get the sleep you need, get refreshed, then get up and get busy providing for your house. Or else the little time you wasted will cause your poverty to come, look back in your text, as one that traveleth. As one that traveleth. Now, there, there are two illustrations given us here about poverty. The first is the person who travels. 
If, you, if you've done much traveling, then here's what you know. And Brother Shepherd and, and, and Sister Becky, they travel a, a lot. They like going places, enjoying their vacationing. But have you noticed that they always come back? They don't just keep traveling. What would happen if y'all kept traveling, Brother Shepherd? You'd be traveling on. What would happen to your, your financial supply? It'd go. He's got to come back and plug back into that sheriff's department. Get the, keep getting the checks coming in, right? So the person who travels, traveling may be fun, but traveling is expensive. If you're on a business trip uh, when you travel, then, uh, then uh, you know, maybe you're getting paid to be traveling. But, but just for the average person that's traveling, uh, when you're traveling, you're spending money. You're not earning money. Did y'all go earn money when you was out this last time? Nope. Did y'all spend any money? Absolutely. When you go out, you're not earning money. You're spending money. When you travel, you're using the resources that you earned at home to sustain you while you're abroad. And that can only last so long. You can go out and think, man, this is fun. This is great. I'm enjoying this. But it can only be fun, great, and enjoyable so long. And then it runs out. Eventually you have to go back home to continue earning. Traveling is like taking a ship to the moon. It may be fun to go to the moon. But you have to burn fuel in food that you received on earth. To get there and to sustain you while you're on that moon. And that means, eventually, you've got to go back to resupply your stock. And if you don't, you're going to run out. Fold your hands little by little, and your poverty will come on you like a traveling person. Yeah, you fold your hands to sleep. And, and I'll give you a good illustration. There was a man in his 40s. I think he was in his 40s. He called me up the other day. And he said, uh, he said, I want to know what I need to do to go to work at the courthouse where you're at. And I said, well, first of all, where do you work now? He said, well, I'm a police officer over here at such and such police department. I said, how many years do you have on there? And I think it was a little less than 20. And uh, I said, okay. I said, so you're, you're, not able, are you, you're not able to retire right now? He says, no, I only lack this long, and then I'll be able to retire from there. He said, but, uh, but I'm ready to slow down. I'm ready to slow down and take it a little easier. And I said, listen, I know what you're going through. I've been there. And, and I, know, I know what you want. You're, you're, you're tired of the, the work, and a lot of times you get in your 40s, you start feeling that way. You think, man, I want to I wanna relax a little bit. I, I, I'm tired of the... The hustle and bustle and going, I've been doing it for so long. And a lot of people start feeling that way. I said, but where I work, this is, this is for retired folks. This is people that have benefits. This job doesn't have any benefits. And so I said, uh, this is where retired policemen go and they, they work. I said, so you, you, you would quit and you would work less than you're working now. It would be more relaxing to you than what you're doing right now. You would enjoy it. But over time, 
as you got older, you, you would end up having to work longer because you could have worked a little bit longer in the beginning to provide for you for the rest of your life than stopping there and then suddenly realizing i got to keep working and working and working and working and now I'm not going to stop. I'll work till I die. And that's the trap a lot of people get in. And the reason is it's that little folding of the hands. You see, if he would have quit his job at the police department and taken an easier job at the courthouse, he wouldn't have given up work. It would have just been a little folding of the hands. You see how that works? That's the principle Solomon's talking about here. And so a little folding of the hands to sleep... And your poverty will come on you as one that travels. And the person traveling, they're enjoying things. It's so much better when you're traveling. You know what happens when you travel, Miss Ann? You escape the responsibility of home. And a lot of people, they get so tired of that weight on their shoulders, so they think, I'm just going to get out from under that weight. I'm going to take it easier. I'll fold my hands a little but not a lot, and that'll make it a whole lot better for me. But he's letting you know here um, that you don't need to fold your hands a little until you're able to uh, sustain yourself long term. You don't want to be as a traveling person. A traveling person has to go back and get recharged with their funds. If you do not have the funds to sustain you long term, then don't fold your hand short term. Okay? That's what he's trying to say. The next illustration, and thy want as an armed man. You see that? He says, and thy want as an armed man. Now, want means uh, lack, lack of things. Um, you're, you're lacking of things. Your need for things is what he's literally saying. Your want, your need is going to come on you like an armed man. Meaning, your, your lack of necessary things is going to come on you like a bandit, like an armed man. Just a few weeks ago, I don't know if I shared this with you all or not. If I did, then pretend like you never heard it. But a, a few weeks ago, a woman called the church here from the hotel here down the road on 198. And she said, I'm in desperate need of help. Desperate need. She said, I had to work at the Mexican restaurant last night just to help pay my rent. And I thought, well, you poor thing. Had to work at a Mexican restaurant. Cry me a river. And she told me that she had no place to go and she didn't want to be left out in the cold. And I couldn't help but notice how she acted like having to work at a restaurant one night to help pay for her rent was a real sacrifice for her. But church, she didn't get into that mess overnight. You don't just wake up one day and say, oh, I don't have money for rent. I may have to go to wash dishes at a Mexican restaurant tonight, which is what she said she did. You don't get in that way overnight. Little by little, she took it easy. Little by little, she enjoyed not getting up and going to work while everybody else did. And it was nice for the time. Like someone traveling. It was nice for the time. Working less. When she could have been working more. And then suddenly one day. Her money is gone. And she has no place to stay. 
Just like a bandit. I'm gone. I've been robbed. I told the woman we couldn't help her. And I suggested she go find some more work to do. She wasn't happy with my answer. Like a woman who had been robbed by an armed man. Her poverty came upon her. And she was left with nothing. But Solomon is saying, Sluggard, do you know who robbed you? You were robbed by your own folded hands. They're the ones that pointed the gun at you and took away from you what you really needed. Take your fingers loose and put them to work. Get the rest you need and don't feel guilty about it. But once you're rested up, get out and get to work as long as God gives you the ability to and, and, until you have the funds to sustain you for life. We've got um, Miss Bonnie over here. How old's Miss Bonnie? In her 80s. In her 80s. 85? She travels back and forth to the Metroplex working at Hobby Lobby. 85 years old. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody do that at 85 years old. And, and hopefully, you'll be set up financially where you won't have to do that by 85. But, what, what I'm saying is this. If that woman at 85 can unfold her fingers and provide, then us in our 40s certainly can. Or our 50s certainly can. Or 60s. Or 70s. We can get up and go to work and provide for our needs. As long as God gives us the health and the ability to do so. Alright, so I hope that was some good financial principles from God's Word for us tonight. And I uh, hope it encouraged your heart. With that, we'll go ahead and close with a word of prayer. And get back into Proverbs next week. And see where else it takes us. Father, thank you so much for your precious Word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us hands that we can fold for a little time. Thank you for the comfortable couches and beds and recliners that you give us. Thank you for the chance to slumber and sleep and wake up refreshed. Thank you, Lord, for telling us to rest and giving us rest. But thank you, Father, for giving us a purpose to rest for. Something meaningful and constructive, Father, that we can do to pass our time in the day to provide and for ourselves and, and be able to provide for others if need be. And I pray, Father, that we will not be negligent, Father. That we, we will not, as your word says, rob ourselves of the blessings you intend us to have by a little folding of the hands today. Lose our blessings tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.